I'm Adam, and this is the Year 9 AM podcast. At work, our different experiences, perspectives, and backgrounds collide, and it's not always obvious how the small and large decisions we make affect other people. I created Year 9 AM to make it easy for people to start conversations that create change where they work. If you haven't subscribed to the newsletter yet, sign up at year9am.com. Anna, what I'd like to do in this episode is try a different format where we actually go through sort of like a role-playing discussion at the same time. And then after that, we'll, we'll talk about what do you do if nothing works? I like talking about what to do if nothing works because it sort of gives people a way to actually deal with problems when sort of using the more conversational uh, approaches don't work. So let's get right to it. Here's a story. I was feeling disillusioned with my position in firm because they had recently changed their raise structure. Instead of offering yearly raises, they were going to offer quarterly bonuses that would in turn make up for a yearly raise. When no one had received one after nine months, several of us became frustrated. We called a meeting with the partners to discuss the situation and were met with hostility. They defended their decision by saying the market was tough and the profits weren't there and that if we really wanted the bonuses, then we needed to bill the clients more. We were already at 160 an hour, minimum billable requirement, and to increase that would mean working 60 plus hours a week. I even attempted to speak with my boss about it privately and he ended up yelling at me in front of everyone. I left that firm about a month later and now I'm making well over 30K more a year. In addition, two other paralegals left and so did two attorneys. To my knowledge, the firm is still struggling and morale is very low. Let's start with this. When you're in this position at a firm, a company, whatever you want to call it, what are your sort of expectations when there's a change like this at work? I mean, I think that as an employee, I'd expect clear expectations and clear communication around what exactly is changing and how they plan to fulfill those promises. So for instance, when you talk about a bonus, I think that that implies some sort of um, like incentive, right? So that's like an incentive structure versus like a base pay. So if there is a bonus involved, I, I would expect clear criteria of when I would get the bonus versus when I would not get the bonus. And there you sort of, you can come with reasons then nine months later, if you haven't gotten any of your bonuses, you should know clearly why you didn't get the bonuses. And if you didn't, if those criteria aren't laid out, then I'm not sure it really could be considered a bonus. Does that make sense? Yeah. I like. I guess my question to you is like, what would you do? No, I mean, I, I, I don't think it's so much what would you do as far as like, what are your expectations? And for me, expectations would kind of mean um, when this is communicated to me, what what is every, what are the high, you know, the, what are the high earners really? You want transparency across all yeah, the roles. But yeah. more than that, I want to know that the people that are making the most out of the situation are also kind of in my boat. I, I kind of generally just wonder, like. Your expectations are not just transparency about how it affects you, but how it affects the rest of the company. 
But yeah, even yeah, more than that though. Like I think it's more than how does how is this affecting everyone? But but like are the are the people that are in these leadership positions really taking most of that responsibility, mm-hmm. or is this something that's just being distributed? You know, it to me it doesn't make sense to, and we don't know the whole story here, but it doesn't make sense to you know, cut everyone's, sal- you know, compensation package the same way uh, when it impacts some people more than others based on their position in the firm, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, 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 and beyond that, I think it's, it's a really interesting story because of everything that's going on right now with uh, the coronavirus. And so I, I know that a lot of firms and companies are taking drastic measures uh, or thinking about drastic measures. Mm-hmm. And we had a story previously about layoffs. Um, but this is another sort of like financial tool that is available to companies. And I, I think that the way that they go about it is really important. And so that's kind of what I meant with expectations. Got it. Yeah. 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 That makes sense. So when I think about yearly raises, there's, of course, the sort of law firm, management consulting firm yearly schedule where it's you know in year three you make x in year four you make y but i also think about other companies where you know yearly raises may mean something more related to sort of market changes right where you're you're getting paid based on sort of inflation rates Uh, and so um you're not really making this 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 bump in salary uh, or you know your total compensation package. It's more about um, you know paying you based on the sort of living wage that's appropriate at the time. And so, if you miss these types of like yearly raises, and and um, this is this is something that could actually impact your ability to pay rent. So in, in this situation, it's unclear. Uh, it could just be that you're hoping that next year you'll make 20,000 more than you did last year. And, um, that is a big deal of course. Um, but, uh, if you were to be sort of denied that, then it doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to miss your rent payment. Um, right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah. um, just worth kind of bringing up, but, uh, yeah, there's definitely different types of raises and expectations across industries and companies. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely possible that someone could in that position, but okay. So, so let's kind of, let's actually talk about this. So this next, this, one of the lines from the story is that, um, we called a meeting with the partners to discuss the situation and were met with hostility. So mm-hmm. kind of going back to expectations that we were just talking about. What is, what are, first of all, it's interesting to me that the, the people at the company were met with hostility. Mm-hmm. Does, does that kind of, are you, what's your response there? What's your reaction? I guess I'm putting myself in everybody in like both sides shoes so to speak and I I can see why the partners might have felt defensive especially if they know something about the business that isn't going well and they're being confronted by their employees that are unhappy with how things are going for them personally and Mm -hmm. you know as as potentially having like more insight into it I could see being really frustrated and defensive Mm -hmm. it's unfortunate that it came across that way. And I think that that's not an appropriate 
response, but I, I can certainly see where that hostility could potentially have taken root from. Yeah. I think that's an interesting conversation to have. Like, what do you do when you feel defensive as a manager, as a leader? When you... Right. I mean, okay, so let's go through that. That's the role play exercise, I think. Oh, great. Yeah. So let's start with you're the employee. Let's say that you are the person that wrote this story and you go in and you talk to the uh, partners Mm -hmm. and uh, they're meeting you with hostility. I mean, let's kind of... Okay, let's pretend that there's there's a bunch of partners sitting around the room, probably mainly men. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, you know, you you and the rest of the employees walk in, and uh, you kind of voice your concerns. It's been nine months. What are you saying? Yeah, I think that I would present the case, especially if I was at a law firm. I, I would want to make sure that I had like all the facts and I had a, a really well built out case and I'm saying, you know, this is what we were told and what we expected and here's sort of what happened over the past nine months and <clears throat> none of us have received these bonuses and we just want to have more information and understand why and, uh, you know, are you going to fulfill your promise to us? The other thing I would want to present is if there were any signed contracts in terms of bonus structure. I know like that's something that I would want to have on hand. I don't know if this person had that or not, but that would help the case, so to speak. And then what are you saying as the partners? Oh, well, uh, here, here's all the information that, um, that you're asking for. Uh, here are our financials. We're not doing well right now. There's no way that we can offer you these these bonuses that you know we 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 were hoping to have offered you you know on a quarterly basis, and uh, the situation's just really dire. We can't pay you right now. Get out of the room. <laughs> but that was like the most unhostile, hostile response I've ever yeah. heard. Well, what's what's what I found interesting about your response is that you asked for information. Yeah. You said I, we would love more information. We don't want. You didn't come asking me for more money necessarily. Obviously, you're upset about yeah. the money, but you said we, we would like more information about why we're not getting paid. And so as the partner, I'm giving you that information. Mm-hmm. I doubt that you walk away feeling like you... Yeah, totally. Definitely didn't get what I wanted out of that <laughs> meeting. I'll tell you that much. Yeah. Well, I'm okay. So how would you go about it if you really wanted to change right then and there? Well, for me personally, I would never have called a meeting with everybody at all. Like that never would have happened in my yeah. life. I think that, you know, there's a way for me, there's, there'd be a different way to go about it. Probably starting one-on-one with my manager versus going to the entire group. I think when you, when you get a whole group together, you have a whole different dynamic to deal with. So like that's yeah. suddenly something that I would have done differently my, myself. Um, and then I think, you know, I think that there definitely is a way to, to confront this. My, so my instinct always like going back to myself is like, is to information gather first. So I'm assuming going into this, I didn't have all the information and then I could come back and like make the ask of like, well, this is what we want. And here's like, here's what I expect. And if I don't get that, then I'm going to leave kind of situation. Um, Okay, but how could you... Okay, because in the story, they were met with hostility. So yeah, how yeah, could yeah. you have done that in a way where... You don't get the hostility. Maybe you prime people. Like, maybe instead of, like, coming in... I, again, don't know how they, like, did this, like, set up the meeting. But you could have even just, like, 
set people up so that they know exactly like what you're going to talk about and like mm-hmm. why you're interested in it and then sort of diffuse the situation up front versus mm-hmm. getting people on their heels. One thing that's interesting to me is when I when I kind of think about this this line, this this thing that happened uh, to someone. It's there's your approach, I think, which is to come and ask for information, maybe you know, explain your expectations, um, make some demands possibly. But I also wonder if it would be useful to, and especially since this is a law firm, to try to appeal to the more like human side mm-hmm. of uh, what's going on and explain that maybe you can't make rent or maybe you have a mortgage and you know, you're, this is putting you three years behind your mortgage schedule or, or something like that. I wonder if that would sort of, or maybe you could uh, make the appeal in some way where you could, um, I, I don't know. I, I, I just, I wonder if there's a way to use emotion here. Yeah. Uh, that That's an interesting idea. I'm not even, could it be emotion or it could be, I think something more powerful that you just hit on was storytelling, you know, use, use this to like tell a story about why this matters. And then you are, you're sort of coupling emotion and also humanizing the situation a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, a part of me kind of wonders like what that would do in a situation like well, this. Well, it depends on who's the, who's res, uh, receiving it, right? Yeah. Like what they're, how, how they take information. Cause it really just depends. I think, I think using stories can work on anybody, but I think that emotion for some people, it just doesn't matter, especially if they're only thinking about the bottom line. Mm. Okay. Okay. Well, let's, let's flip this around. So let's say that you're. Am I the partner now? No, no, you can't, you, you're always the partner, uh, but that's why you're co-host of this podcast. But let's say that, um, let's say that you are, you are the partners at the law firm and you've introduced these changes, uh, to the company. What's, so we talked about expectations kind of before, but like, what is the, what is the way that you deliver that news to the organization in the first place because clearly you know there were some promises that weren't kept and people are upset months later so rewind nine months yeah potentially the change is going into into effect yeah what do you do yeah as the as the leadership team yeah as well i think first and foremost you get everybody to be on on the same page to be aligned with what the messaging is so that everybody is like delivering the same message hmm. on the on the leadership team. I think that's the step one. And then what that message is just sort of depends on what because we don't really have a, a lot of information about this specifically, but I think you know if you're changing any type of pay um, or expectations for raises, like we talked about, there has to be a ton of documentation. Hmm. I think that that's the other thing. So like one, align on what the message is. Number two, align, like make sure that there's all the documentation 
But I wonder, I mean, if your company's not doing well, okay, like let's say right now, there's companies that are going through layoffs, there's yeah. companies that are doing similar things down, to this. Yeah, know. where they're, you know, they're paying people less, you're getting a 20% pay cut, however it works out. Um, are you really going to be thorough with your documentation though? I mean, is it I think, really I think realistic? you have to be, especially yeah. in this case. I think things are so fraught. Well, what does that look like? Well, what do you mean? What does the documentation look like? I think you could have an FAQ. You could even just have like a, a, a not, even, not exactly a contract, kind of a contract of like what, you know, what is your pay going forward or like what are, if there's any promises being made when it comes to like a raise or bonus structure, have that outlined. But in this case person. there was, there, it sounds yeah. like there was a. So you outline it, you have it, like you have a document that everybody gets that shows you exactly what to expect. But how would that, I guess I'm wondering how would documentation kind of change the outcome here? It, well, I think that it at least gives you some evidence of like what you were promised. And frankly, if you if it's a signed document, then it's, I would consider like legal, somewhat legally binding. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I go back to what I said initially where it's like, if I'm on the leadership team, and I know the firm is in trouble, then I take the biggest cut. And yeah. uh, maybe that is a documentation thing. But where... I don't even think you have to document that. Like, I think that it's more important to document what's happening to each individual or like how it affects no, but the, each individual. No, but that's what I want to, that's what I, like, I think it's important to say, hey, look, this is a really tough time. At the top, we're struggling. Yeah. We're all taking 40% pay cuts. Uh, and... Even with that, we still can't make ends meet. So what we're, we're going to do is, and, and maybe you, I, I don't know. I mean, obviously. So we're not going to be able to give raises this year. Instead, what we're going to do is give bonuses based on X, Y, and Z. Yeah. I think that's what you do. Or, or so just, simple. or maybe just say that, you know, when we can give bonuses, we will give them. Yeah. Make it more vague. Instead of raises, we but will. Don't you think that being vague is actually a mistake? In this situation, I think no, you should be explicit. I don't think you want to overpromise, though. If you're in, if there's a financial situation like yeah. this, I don't want. I don't think you should say, "Okay, we're going to give you quarterly bonuses," and then no one gets a quarterly bonus in nine. Right, months. you're right. Don't That's over, a huge don't overpromise, but also don't be vague. I think there's a balance to be struck here. But but I'm wondering, like, what is the what was vague? About what if that? you just don't say that you're giving anybody raises? You don't promise bonuses at all, and then if you can give a bonus, you give a bonus. Well, that's what I was saying. I think we were saying the same thing. Huh. No, I think but, we were saying... No, but you were saying you were saying to say that we might give bonuses. And I'm saying, like, don't say that. Just say, we're not able to give raises this year. Period. Yeah. And then, if the financial situation is okay, people get a rate. Or people get okay, a bonus. Okay, so you're saying cut all of that out. Yeah. Then there's this... Okay, I actually agree with that. Because so then, then there's clear. not this expectation yeah. of any... Any raise or any bonus. And then if people are unhappy with that, they can make a decision that's better for them. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm actually on board with that. But I, but I do want to really point out that I think number one for me would be to see that if you're, you know, the uh-huh. managing partner or whatever. If you're making millions of dollars a year, you're getting, you better get cut. Yeah, you're, yeah. you're cutting, well, you're, not, <laughs> you're not cutting yourself, <laughs> but like you're cutting your compensation yeah, significantly. Yeah, yeah. Because I would like to think that if the people that at the top took a larger cut, um, then maybe the people at the bottom could continue 
doing what they were doing, but who knows how big this problem is. And so I, I like your idea of um, just not giving any promises, being straight up and saying, hey, look, we're going to leave things the way that they are right now, um, except we, we, there's, we're, we can't guarantee raises. Because I think that makes sense, mm -hmm. especially if the leaders at the top are taking cuts. Mm -hmm. You know, We're all making sacrifices. Here's yeah. what we're doing. Yeah. And I think then it's not... You're not getting into this hostile situation with the, the leadership uh, down the road because everybody understands what's going on. And there's some danger to that. Yeah. I think, you know, depending on how big this firm was or how big your company is or what your, your general culture is, I think that there, there's a lot of fear to, to share all that information. Yeah. One thing I really, we don't have to spend too much time on this, but one thing I do think is interesting about the story is when the partners responded, they said, um, if, if you want to make more money, well, the only way we can do that is if you if we bill clients right. more, which means that you have to work sixty plus hours a week. Right. Um, but if that expectation was set up front, then that would be very different. Yeah, it's uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of um, unmet you know unmet expectations in this in this story. Yeah. But I, I think that's particularly interesting because it shows that it at least would give people a way to, I'm not saying that you commit to it, uh, but up yeah. front, if this, if, if the, the managing partner said, Hey, look, um, if you work more, we can, we can give you maybe your yearly raise at the end, but, um, without doing anything special, uh, there's, there's no way that we can, you know make that kind of commitment right now. Um, so it would have been helpful to know that up front. Mm -hmm. That's the only other thing that I would add. Um, okay, so now we kind of talked about the, the leadership team. The other part of the story, this person made it really easy by talking about how they went to leadership and they went to their manager. Here's what gets me when, when this person is talking to their manager. Uh, they, this person said, I even attempted to speak with my boss about it privately. And he ended up yelling at me in front of everyone. Let's play, let's play out that scenario a little bit. Okay. So if I'm your manager, okay, you be my manager. What am I saying to you, I guess, as, as, the, as the employee in that situation? Is it the same appeal that you made to the management team? That's a great question. I mean, I think that as, the, as your manager, I'm hearing... I'm not feeling valued and it's not clear to me what's going on. Like that's kind of the two things that I'm, I'm hearing because mm. I think that pay and raises go directly or directly related to how people feel valued in, and how their value is reflected at work. Mm. So that's what I'm hearing. Um, but then your response is to yell at me? I mean, <laughs> I didn't know that I had to be this manager. I personally would never yell at you, especially yeah. not in front of a group of people. Yeah. I would turn... Just in private. Right, right. Oh, yeah, totally. Okay. Only you, though. Okay. Um, no, I think, you know, I think my... As this person's... In the, the boss in this story, I don't, I don't understand how it escalated to yelling at this person in front of people. Mm. The only thing that I can think of is that this boss, like, say it's me... I, I, instead of interpreting your pleas as feeling undervalued and kind of underinformed, I guess, I'm interpreting it as entitlement. And I think that is probably where, sure. 
where maybe the the anger could come from. Um, and also, who knows, like, how many other of my direct reports have come to me with the same thing. Yeah. So maybe I'm at the end of my rope. You're the 10th person to ask me this. I think you're entitled, and I blow up. Well, yeah, and the other part of this is that I think the manager is, is potentially in the same position as you, and so even though they are your boss, they have to kind of, like, put on a facade and um, pretend like, well, not in this case, not everything is okay because they the, the boss ended up yelling, but... Um, yeah, but basically, you know. They could be going through the exact same yeah. thing. They can't just say, well, me too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Okay, so let's talk about the last subject. What do you do if nothing works? I mean, this person left, and so did a bunch of other people. But, like, is there anything you can possibly do in this scenario uh, outside of working 60-plus hours a week? Yeah, I think that's all you can do. I mean, that's basically what you've been told by the company. All you can do is put in more hours. Yeah. So I think if you're committed to this firm and to the work you're doing there and you want that raise and those bonuses, yeah, you put in that extra <laughs> extra hours of work. Here's an interesting question, though. Is there a way for you to negotiate some sort of future agreement in scenarios like this? Do you trust them to fulfill it? Well, but, you know, on, let's say you get it in writing and it's some sort of contract. Can you say something like, I understand that the company isn't able to pay me when the company's financial situation changes and maybe you detail exactly what that means. Mm -hmm. Maybe the company details exactly what that means too, you know, and you guys both agree on what that is, mm -hmm. um, that I will get this bonus paid in full at this point in time. Uh, and I'm not saying this is relevant to this situation because it sounds like this firm is right. struggling, right. but in a, in, in a, in a context like what's going on now with coronavirus, uh, where there's a lot of uncertainty and it's affected every industry, mm -hmm. um, it's, you know, these, these, these types of events might not forever impact companies. And yeah, so, so it's like a way to retain the talent. Yeah. If you're, if you're, you know if you're missing out on compensation for a year or two years, whatever, um, that adds up. So I wonder if there's a way to just get something like that in writing. Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah. That's a really good idea. But would a, would a company ever agree to that? I'm not sure. That I don't know. But it's worth a try. I mean, if you're about, because if I think. If you're super valued yeah. and like you, you hold that position of, you know, yeah. somewhat of power. And the other side of it is without employee, you know, without, without people on the front lines, this law firm, any company can't get much done at all. Right. And so if employees were to hypothetically band together and collectively say, okay, well, we understand the situation is this, but if we reach these financial circumstances, then we expect this outcome. Yeah, I think that's a great idea. And especially because, you know, acquiring a new employee and oh yeah, training them and onboarding, you know, that takes time and it costs money. And so if you oh. if your goal is to reduce turnover and keep people there and they're they're offering you that out, yeah. like, okay, we'll stick with you through this time. That 
it's probably much more expensive than you know paying yeah. a, a yeah. yearly raise. Couple, yeah, and like especially if it's delayed. Yeah. But I think you know, I it goes back to what we were talking about at the beginning. This comes with this. This expectation comes with open and clear communication. If you don't have that, then this doesn't work. So I think that that comes first. Okay, I like that. Yeah. Thanks, Adam. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, I think that's all for today. I, uh, you know, Anna and I would love it if you guys could uh, rate, review, and subscribe. Let us know uh, what you think in the comments. And let us know what you think in the the comments. Where are the comments? I don't know the comments. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we'll figure out where to put the comments. Uh, we are tweet us. We are active. We are we are a lot more active on Instagram. Yeah. Uh, and uh, the other thing I will say is that you can give us voice messages over Anchor. Uh, Anchor. So if you right. uh, if you're using Anchor to listen, or if you can find our Anchor link, please drop us a voice message. Um, it would be cool also to include people's voice messages in the podcast as we go forward. Totally so, uh, thanks everyone for listening. Thanks and uh, we're, we're trying out different formats. Uh, we like this format so far. We hope to add more yeah. uh, people to the conversation. Definitely as we want move more guests. Um, uh, other than just our pup Franklin who keeps falling asleep on us. So. Yeah, that's too much information. Okay, so we're going to, that's a wrap right there. Thank you, Anna. Thanks, Adam. And thanks everyone for listening.